the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time being 6.05. And we are reading an article addressing the inherent contradictions of the ideological constructs or arguments of, of, of not so much transgender, but even the whole issue of gender identity. Um, and the author is laying out an argument both by virtue of just reason, but also among those who are advocates, proponents of this particular um, worldview and how inherently contradicted contradictory their arguments are, have been, and how they have changed and modified over time in order to conveniently maintain their position. Here is the question. Here is the fundamental contradictory issue. If gender is a social construct, how can gender identity be innate and immutable? If gender is a social construct, how can gender identity be innate and immutable? How can one's identity with respect to a social construct be determined by biology in the womb? Mm -hmm. How can one's identity be unchangeable, immutable with respect to an ever-changing social construct? And if gender identity is innate, how can it be fluent? See, this is what we mean by the intrinsic contradiction of the whole idea of gender identity arguments. It's intrinsically inconsistent. So the first question would be, if gender is a social construct, how can gender identity be innate and immutable, unchangeable? Either you are or you're not. You can't once be and then later on say that you're not. And according to the spectrum, there is what is called the temporary spectrum of pangenderism, where you today you might be a girl, tomorrow you might be a boy, the next day you might be a child, and the next day you might be an old man. And the, art, and, and, and the categories go on and on and on. The challenge for activists is to offer a plausible definition of gender and gender identity that is independent of bodily sex. But it can't be done. You can't do that. I mean, they're going to do it eventually. They're going to get away from any kind of uh, necessary connection with the bodily sex uh, manifestation evidence credentials uh, as its basic premise for arguing the other. They're going to have to ultimately find a way not to have to even deal with the issue of what we are in our biological makeup. That is the ultimate apostasy that we're headed towards. Is there a gender binary or not? The answer is yeah. But they, they would say no. Is there a gender binary or not? Somehow it both does and does not exist, according to transgender activists. If the categories of man and woman are objective enough that people can identify us and be men and women, how can gender also be a spectrum where people can identify as and be both or neither or somewhere in between? See his argument? What does it even mean to have an internal sense of gender? What does gender feel like? What meaning can we give to the concept of sex or gender? And thus, what internal sense can we have of gender apart from having a body of a particular sex? You can't. It's just the way it goes. 
If you're going to call yourself white, it has to operate over and in contradiction to that which is not white, which is black. Apart from having a male body, what does it feel like to be a man? Apart from having a female body, what does it feel like to be a woman? What does it feel like to be both a man and a woman or to be neither? I I see the trajectory of his argument. Do you? The concrete affirmation of a binary gender specificity as defined by God, as defined by culture for thousands and thousands of years, now being challenged because people want to do what they feel. The challenge for the transgender activist is to explain what that feelings, what those feelings are like and how someone could know if he or she feels like the opposite sex or neither or both. You see the logic? Even if trans activists could answer these questions about feelings, that still wouldn't address the matter of reality. Remember what I said, you guys, in the class in the beginning? Truth is always that which corresponds with reality. Aletheia, the Greek term, uncovering the reality of a thing. If you say you're something that you're not, you're lying. If those who identify as transgender are the sex with which they identify, why doesn't that apply to other attributes or categories of being? What about people who identify as animals? Or able-bodied people who identify as disabled? Do all of these self-professed identities determine reality? If not, why not? Mm. See? And should these people be should these people who are saying that they are disabled but in fact are not but only in their mind are disabled, should these people receive medical treatment to transform their bodies to accord with their minds? And why accept transgender reality but not transracial? Transspecies, transabled realities. All of these exist today because of the Pandora's box being open. I'm just letting you know. And see, for me, the issue is really around the truth. It's all around the truth. That's the issue for me, not the delusions we construct and walk in and now want to foist on everybody else. I was watching a, a YouTube video of a man, 55-year-old white dude, just as old as me saying that he actually was a six-year-old girl inside. Most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, because, you know, he got to drive a car and go to work and all that. Six-year-old girl can't do that. And the, and the, and the interviewer was trying to, <laughs> trying to get the men to understand, can you see the contradiction here? If you're a six-year-old girl, how can you be a six-year-old girl driving a car, going to work, paying the bills, having to shave? He had on, a, you know, he had his hair made up like a girl, and he had on a dress and makeup and all that. And uh, we feel sorry for him, but he doesn't have a right to tell me that's reality. He just doesn't get to do it. And the courts don't get to condemn me because I want to walk in my sanity. Let me go on. Of course, a transgender activist could reply that an identity is by definition just an inner sense of self. But if that's the case, gender identity is merely a disclosure of how one feels. Bingo. Saying that someone is transgender then says only that the person has feelings that he or she is the opposite sex. That's all. That's all. All we're dealing with is what a person feels in contradistinction to what factually is. 
Gender identity, so understood, has no bearing at all on the meaning of sex or anything else. But transgender activists claim that a person's self-professed gender identity is that person's sex. The challenge for activists is to explain why the mere feeling of being male or female or both or neither makes someone male or female or both or neither. Gender identity can sound a lot like religious identity, which is determined by beliefs. But those beliefs don't determine reality. Someone who identifies as a Christian believes that Jesus is the Christ. I do. Someone who identifies as Muslim believes that Muhammad is the final prophet. But Jesus is either, but Jesus either is or is not the Christ. And Muhammad either is or is not the final prophet, regardless of what anyone happens to believe. Amen. Let's keep logic on the table. So, too, a person either is not a man, regardless of what anyone, including that person, happens to believe. The challenge for transgender activists is to present an argument for why transgender beliefs determine reality. That really is the challenge. you got to prove that this is reality. Determining reality is the heart of the matter, and here, too, we find contradictions. On the one hand, transgender activists want the authority of science as they make metaphysical claims saying that science reveals gender identity to be the innate and unchanging. And on the other hand, they deny that biology is destiny, insisting that people are free to be who they want to be. Which is it? Is our gender identity biologically determined and immutable or self-created and changeable? You know the answer. If you're brave, you know the answer. If the former, how do we account for people whose gender identity changes over time? Because we got that category. I already told you. People are more than clear to identify themselves as a temporary bi. Expecting to, to, to go out of bi into male or female by the next semester. And we're supposed to believe that <laughs> as some type of reality. And if gender identity is self-created, why must other people accept it as reality? If we should be free to choose our own gender reality, what can some people impose? Why can some people impose their idea of reality on others just because they identify as transgender? See, the real battle is. Do we have adequate space for us to operate in our alternative metaphysical worlds without forcing it on other people? We better. Then he goes on to say. The challenge for the transgender activist is to articulate some conception of truth as the basis for how we understand the common good and how society should be ordered. I agree. As I documented in the depth of When Harry Became Sally, the claims of transgender activists are confusing because they are philosophically incoherent. Activists rely on contradictory claims as a need to advance their position, but their ideology keeps evolving so that even allies of the LGBT organization can get left behind as progress marches on. What he means is it just doesn't stop at LGBT. It's XYZ and more. At the core of the ideology is the radical claim that feelings determine reality. From this idea comes extreme demands for society to play along with the subjective reality claims. Bingo. This is why Paul said God has given them up to a strong delusion that they should believe a lot because they did not have a love for the truth. 
Trans ideologues ignore contrary evidence and competing interests. They disparage alternative practices and they aim to muffle skeptical voices and shut down any disagreement. The movement has to keep patching and shoring up its beliefs, policing the faithful, coercing the heretic, and punishing apostates. I love the way he uses the kind of religious motif. Because as soon as its furious efforts flag for a moment or someone successfully stands up to it, the whole charade is exposed. That's what happens when your dogmas are so contrary to obvious, basic, everyday truth. Now, I accept that fundamental uh, argument right there, even when it comes to Christianity. And Christians have to learn how to do that, too. A transgender future is not the right side of history. Yet activists have convinced the most powerful sectors of our society to acquiesce to their demands. While the claims they make are manifestly false, it will take real work to prevent the spread of these harmful ideas. I agree. And here's the reason why. People are not logical. People are not rational. People are not honest. People are sinful. All men are liars. Let God be true. I'm going to take a break when I come back. On with the phone calls. I got one line open, one 367 one Let's get ready to rumble. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And I have one line open, one 367 If you want to join in the conversation, I'm going to start now on line one with Ken from San Jose. Ken, what say ye? Hi, yeah, I'm just uh, following your uh, your logic here. I actually have a, a section from Second Peter that seems to conf- confirm or go along with that, along with uh, consequences for a current situation. So can I read a couple of verses? Sure. Okay, so Second um, Peter 2, verse 1, states this, There were false prophets also among the people, even as there be, shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 2, And many shall follow these pernicious ways by means of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Yep, exactly. Now, it's a little bit remote from the issue, but not too far remote. By virtue of application, false prophets and false teachers are anyone who pretend to actually be speaking truth, but that truth not actually corresponding to reality. So that would be a good text to um, to use to argue um, that when we are dealing with a a, a, a prevailing almost universal it's not it's not it hasn't hit third world countries in the way it's hit Britain and Europe and America and for the very reasons I have stated once we move into a post christian era our thinking becomes reprobate and 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 our logic becomes suspect and we become wide open to a lie and the lie that I am dealing with today which corresponds with your text has to do with the lie of denying that we were created by God and the image of God and only two immutable, unchangeable, fixed binary genders, and that is male and female. And once we move from that category, we have distorted the truth and are operating as liars. That's where we are. And when you take it up into the more philological and philosophical level, if 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 we are not ready to deal with them on the grounds of what constitutes reality, 
Uh, and using all of the arguments, co- uh, cosmological, uh, uh, social, biological, uh, chromosomal, uh, a- and what have you, historical, um, uh, then we're not going to be ready to, to deal with some of the crazy thinking that goes around their alternative metaphysical dimension. What is your second uh, observation or question? Okay, well, so he then he goes into some of the consequences. Right. Um, of, the, of this type of accepting this type of thinking, and when it becomes prevailing in a society, but here's a real one that uh, one that really um, re- resounds in the, in the modern um, context. That's verse six, where it says, "And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, God condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly." So, here's a projection into uh, uh, our era right now of you know. Of Sodom and Gomorrah of the past, and the consequences of, you know, what this kind of thing begins to prevail, which, you know, now we have a, um, a society and a, even a governor who uh, goes along with this type of outlook. So that's why I worry about California. Yeah, well, we have to worry about the nation and the world as well, but you are absolutely right. I remember years ago when, when Gavin Newsom uh, plainly said, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and he certainly is an advocate, but um, that we can survive that. We uh, we survived Sodom and Gomorrah. We survived the land of Canaan. We survived Babylon, Medo-Persia, and the Roman Empire, and they had all of this stuff going on then. We will survive as a body of Christians, but we better be rooted and grounded in the truth, and we better not let our Bibles be taken away from us, and we better not love our lives unto the death. We better rise up out of the carnal and get very spiritual, and we better get the Holy Ghost so that we can actually speak truth to power in a way that even though people don't like it, they just have to deal with it. Because if we're going to be salt and light in this generation, we have to love not our lives unto the death. Listen, thank you for the call, man. I know what you're doing. I know where you are. I know what you're concerned about. Uh, just stay on the wall and watch. Line number two, Misty from San Francisco. Misty, what's your thoughts, comments, or observations? Hey, I have a lot of observations. But where you started out. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead on. Yeah. Where you started out, I feel like you really started out on point. I do feel like you went on an hour monologue. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't that, that wasn't a feeling. That wasn't a feeling. Wasn't that a was a fact. I did go on an hour monologue because I read an article teaching today. This is not today was not about let me read a few minutes and then let people talk. That, what that wasn't I'm trying a f- to say though, mm-hmm. what I'm saying about that is what what you stated in the first five and ten minutes. All you did was reiterate the same thing for that entire hour. I knew what you were saying right off the top, and when you stated that, that was that was enough information. To that wasn't that enough information stated. for everybody else. That might have been enough for you. You might know the well, arguments. I, I just I just disagree with that. I think rewarding the Holy Spirit by going that way because there's much more important things like the first thing you brought up. I don't agree the with you. Point, the, the first point is what we are dealing with is truth and lies and demons and spirits that are not of God and spirits that are of God. But do you and remember, that, do you remember, Misty, what the Bible says? And that is we well, have... the Bible to, says, it says a lot of things. Right, but here, but what I want to do is just tell you, I know where you are, but you, you, you have to be careful that how you're thinking, the, the trajectory that you're in does not constitute the whole forum. The Bible says bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Not just simply right. identify, not just simply identify it as demonic issues. They are all categorical, just like your Bible talks about specific behavior patterns. 
And when your Bible does that, you have right, a big but there's Bible. There's a lot of things going out here, going on out here on the front lines. The things you're talking about, plus every other thing. And I've been dealing with wars and trying to get people to that. The Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question: got, Is this not a? But but is this not a big issue? Is this not a big issue? Is this not a big issue? The issue of the schools um, uh, provoking and, and, and catechizing our kids out of that very biological, concrete, chromosomal, uh, physiological makeup that they were given by God when they were created. This is not a big issue to you? When I called in, I called in because of what you were speaking out when you opened up, which was about uh, there being a war between truth and the lies. And to say the things that I have witnessed this week and the fact that uh, the devil is trying to deceive all and even the elect. And it doesn't matter which cause he's trying to do it through because there's one war. And in that war, we've got false faith. We've got false things that know good people, bad people, uh, Buddha. I have seen some of the most disheartening things this week I've ever seen in my life. And the Lord made it very clear that the fact and the one thing that will keep us from the way of the wicked one is faith. Without faith, we can get tricked and tricked and tricked and tricked. So to be in the Word for that regard. But um, I think there are a thousand other issues that are also important, and in reference to the, the truth being the truth against the lie. So, so I agree with you. An hour, an hour of people's time. I want to hear what uh, other people got to say. Oh, the, well, then, that. well, no, that's wrong. You're wrong. I love you, but you're wrong. Misty, Misty, I love you. I plowed her down. Misty, I love you, but you're wrong. The show is not about what other people want to say. So I want everybody to get that. Misty's wrong. So the next caller and every other caller is going to chime in on what I'm talking about. Because this is an important matter on all sides. So for her to come and and, and dismiss and minimize the subject of uh, the whole gender issue is just careless. It's just careless. And we're not going to overgeneralize the battle by just talking about it being spiritual and demonic. People don't want to hear that. They want to hear specific stuff. The people that are listening are men and women and girls and boys and families. Somebody call and affirm that for our dear sister Misty and let her know that the battle that we're talking about today is a very serious battle. You don't just go and generalize stuff and open the phones for potpourri. I do that from time to time. This is a very specific battle. Let me see here. Let me go to um, line number one and talk with Kiana. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor Jesse. What's going on? What's your um, thoughts on, on our topic today? On this particular topic, I just think that the whole gender, um, redefining gender, I just think is like open rebellion against God. You're telling God that how he made you is wrong, and that's the problem. And then everybody wants to be like, well, you can do what you want, and you can feel how you feel. And you can change your gender and you can do all this, but you're telling God that he was wrong on how he made you and you're in direct rebellion against what he set up. Right. Man and women are supposed to be together. You should be what I made you instead of trying to be what you think you should be or what society is telling you you should be. Now, how long have you been and, listening today? Um, I caught, like, uh, I think I started listening at, like, 
I want to say like ten after five. Oh, that's pretty good. Did you listen to the whole um, the whole uh, commentary? Yeah, and everybody tries to act like these things are like new, but these things aren't new. Like my parents always said, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. These things have been going on since the you know I guess the fall of man or after you know since the beginning of time. Yeah. So, and everybody want to try to make it like it's something new and it's phenomenal. And the, the the problem with a lot of this gender identification stuff is the people that's trying to be with God, they're not intending to be. They still have all kinds of internal turmoil. A lot of them are morally and spiritually empty and bankrupt, and they're looking to fill some void. Now you move now. See, a lot of people are doing that. right now, and you're moving in the right direction because the believer has to be able to actually give an answer to these things in a more comprehensive way. Like after being qualified to prophetically speak into it, you would want to be able to counsel some young lady or some young man who would be coming to you asking you, "How do I work through what is reality? How do I deal with how I feel versus the facts? How do I work through my biological reality and what other people are telling me?" I'm I'm free to do. You and I would want to be able to help them with that, don't we? Yeah, and it's not always, you know, easy. Not at all. Everybody want to try to make like the, the problem. That, another problem that I have with this whole thing is that okay, the people who are crying about, oh, I'm confused, I'm in a wrong body, blah 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 blah. They want the whole world to fall into their reality when the problem is within themselves. Like, right. Right. You don't like who God made you to be. That's your problem, okay? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to force it and shove it down my throat and now, to make and, yourself and, feel some type of way. Now, okay now, now I, li- I, I like your stance, but do you know that that's what's going on? That it's being legislated? That is, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big problem because I work in San Francisco. I have been working in San Francisco since Gavin Newsom was the mayor right. of San Francisco. Like. Like I came in like, like toward the yeah that was ten, that was ten years ago yeah that was right. ten years or so ago when they so, when we were first dealing with uh, same sex marriage so you are very much uh, averse to the dialogue and the arguments but can't you you can't admit that from that time to now the matters have es- escalated uh, exponentially haven't they yes because you have people like a lot of these politicians and I just shake my head at them because I'm like okay but behind closed doors y'all not down with none of this but y'all just telling people what y'all want them to hear bingo if you really want to start getting technical about the gay marriage thing mm-hmm. that was all about money mm-hmm. and if anybody try to say something else they just stupid you are that only all you... about that was all about money oh y'all want to get married sure we're gonna charge all this money and you're gonna pay for this you're gonna do all this stuff we finna get paid and y'all finna just do this but we're going to make it look like we down and we accepting of y'all, who y'all are, but behind closed doors. A lot of the people, they're not down with that. They just, they just too caught up. It's in, called being politically correct. Politically correct. And all this stuff to come out and say that this stuff is not okay. Now, did you have a particular question or something that you wanted to ask before I let you go? Because you've affirmed everything. It's clear that you are informed and it's uh, important that we all be informed. I know. I just wanted to comment on it because... I just feel like in between that and when you bring like race and stuff into it, it just hey. further hey, 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 like, oh. hey, hey, I'm not black girl. I'm uh I'm I'm actually um 
I'm actually European. I'm I'm a European white dude. That's that's what I am, and you got to accept that. Okay, and I'm and I'm Rachel Dosa. Okay, thank you for the call, sweetie. Bless you. Bless you. Keep your eyes on the truth. I've got two more folks to deal with after the break, and then I'm going to open the line and chat with Brandon from San Francisco. See what he got. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 637 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to your host, Jesse Giston. Our topic has to be the uh, gender identity issue, um, an article that we read at length to help understand some of the inherent contradictions that that community has to deal with in terms of what constitutes reality. The implications of what reality is is a big issue for all of us, and it, um, it raises its complex head on many different levels. Let's go to line two and talk with Marlis in Castro Valley. Marlis, what's your question, comment, or observation? Okay, my first, hi, um, Pastor Jesse. My first comment is that I don't believe, I don't agree that you took too much time. Thank you. To lay out your idea. In fact, I was thinking about 15 or 20 minutes ago how much I appreciated your taking the time to teach us on a very, uh, complicated subject yep and uh i really appreciate the article you you uh read because it helped to at least get us thinking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the importance of learning how to understand the logic of this whole thing yep yep and few of us are really able to dissect and 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 speak, you know, on a critical thinking, grammatic, rhetorically, you know, effective way. And I agree that, yes, it's demonic, but the world doesn't understand that. So we've got to use language that's logical and um, consistent with expression that helps people see the connections. And I think that's what you were really doing by reading that man's article, that man has given some great deep thought to it, yep. and we need and we needed to realize that now the medical community, which has been logical is, and stands on science and logic, is now capitulating to um, something that doesn't even make sense. Right. And and so I I'm, I appreciate what you did, and, and the whole. The topic is so profound. Yep. So now this is what I want. I have a. I could go on, but I want to ask a question. Mm-hmm. When we are just walking around in the world, and we're confronted with like uh, gay pride parades and the gay pride, you know, events in our different communities, people standing on the corners uh, with their signs and stuff, or we run into a person. I, because I, I I see I see people locally who I know are men, but they're trying to pass as women. Yep. <clears throat> what? Yep. yep. I agree. Do we do we do we are we supposed to just say nothing? Are we supposed to say something? Or I see two women in uh, like I saw two women in a store one time. This was decades ago, and. I, I, I approached them and I asked them if they were, you know, like together, and we had an interesting conversation. But nowadays, I don't know what to do. So can you give us, Christians, uh, some some pointer? Should we say anything or just ignore it? 
Well, you can't. So ign- I, you, I actually feel like I feel like we're being cowed in silence, and I don't yeah, like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, def- definitely. But there's there's a way to deal with how to coexist in a community of people that have different views and worldviews, as the believer would be called to do. You remember we talk about this. You've got to have an assignment. God has to lead you into a dialogue with people, and when you have that dialogue with people, you really want to set the table. You have to determine whether or not you have time to engage them, whether or not that's the assignment, and to what extent you want to go into that particular uh, person or person's situation in order to try to have a a reasonable conversation about what you know are going to be conflicting worldviews. That really does require being prepared to have a a short conversation, uh, a median-range conversation, or a long-term conversation. And the, the goal has to always be biblical. And that is our recommendation of uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior uh, for their salvation, which would also mean regeneration that leads to right thinking. Uh, of course, at the moment, they might be offended, but you never know. You never, We never know. And this is the beautiful thing about the gospel. That's why God says the fearful and unbelieving will have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, because the devil would have us and the world would have us to think that uh, we don't have a right to share the gospel with them. But there there are many people in all of those communities that are ripe and ready to hear the gospel the right way and at the right time by the right grace that God would give you, me, or anyone to share the gospel with them for them to come out of those communities. So it has to be prayed about and prepared beforehand as to when you should talk with them. That's the best I can do with you on the day. You know this subject is not going anywhere. Let me go to line number three, number four, and talk with Coach. In Hercules, before I take a break, and then I'm going to take Brandon, we're going to probably wipe the last 10 minutes out, basically setting the table for our debate. Uh, Coach, what's your thoughts on this matter, my brother? Hey, Pastor. Um, Very troubling subject, um, near and dear to my heart as a school teacher, and I just wanted to... I picked it up maybe a half an hour or so ago, Mm -hmm. but um, I was listening to... Um, the comments that uh, was made by the other caller. And what we have to remember is this subject is affecting our kids and even our kids before they even get to school, our our, um, infants, to to give them the opportunity to come into this world with a lie, with, with a thought or a notion that what my um, genitalia's tell me that I am is not what I am. Right. I can actually determine what I am as I go along this road called life, and that would be a lie. That would be a lie, um, as my brother Albert Mulder was talking about this morning on the Daily Brief. It's amazing that both of these subjects kind of collided, and, uh, and just how in um, Washington, D.C. now, um, parents are now um, being allowed to not put the actual sex of their kids when they come to school. Of course, allowing allowing that to then be determined as they come along. Right. Well, then how do you know what truth is? And this is where we have to have a biblical perspective. So to milk this uh, conversation is beautiful yeah. because it's so needed. So many people are now kind of capitulation, capitulating and going along with the trend because they don't want to offend each other, anyone. 
but the truth does offend. Yep. I, I can't say that I'm 6'5". Yep. I've wanted to be 6'5". Me too. I can't walk around like I'm 6'5". Nope. I'm 5'11 on a That's good day. Right. That's right. And I'm two inches That's behind you. That's why I had to work harder to dunk. I didn't really want right. to work that hard. That's right. End up hurting my I, hip. Right? <laughs> but, but if I knew that I was something that wasn't true, listen, what it does is it, it now shrinks my credibility when I talk to people. Yep. yep. Because people can obviously see I'm right. not six five. That's right. That's right. And, and the reality is, as I argued, if people really did take the time to hear what I was saying from the beginning, is that what you are doing when you take a position as is the um, the um, transgender and uh, the gender broad community is trying to do, it's trying to overthrow uh, uh, human civilization from the beginning of time up to the moment in its yeah. very clear coherent social construct rooted in very obvious biological, chromosomal, um, uh, physiological, um, uh, 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 incontrovertible evidences that constituted what we are, who we are as men and women. And it has worked infallibly up to the moment where people have thought that they could start entertaining um, what, what the article called alternative metaphysical ideas and then try to impose them upon us as actual truth factors in a in a critical area of human existence that is so intertwined with the foundational uh, traditional family model. Uh, in other words, you don't get into the world except the way the Bible wrote it. That's how you that's get right. into the world. And then you're going to turn around and say, nope, that's not the way it goes. That's the Correct. battle we're fighting. Correct. And there's a strong delusion. And I'll just leave the listeners because I know I want to listen to what your comments were. will be with Brandon. But, um, I work at a, um, a uh, school in Oakland, and I, my heart breaks yep. for the young people who um, have come in and now have changed their bodies yep. to look like something that they're not. Yep. And when I am and, and, and in love, this is how, as a Christian, we have to do in love. Yep. I will call a young man yep. who is dressed up like a, a young lady. Yep. I will call him by his, his surname. Yep. In respect, yep. because that's the name that was on my roster. Yep. And that's I will right. call the same thing to a young lady. Yep. But my heart breaks because yep. the offense now that it's happening, that we're being forced to when I see a young woman try to come into a male's bathroom. Yep. This is why the subject is so sensitive. Yep. And so it critical to, to have. Really? Yes. It has to be because it's, it's more than just a demonic spirit. Right. It's, it's things that we have to deal with that are tangible right in our face, and we have to know how to pivot and work around this and work through it with God's grace. Thank you, coach. Bless you. Got to take a break. Wish I had more time. I really do want to hear what Brandon has to say. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And the time is 6.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And we go to line number three with Brandon in San Francisco. Brandon, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. What's your comment, question, or observation about our topic today? Well, you know, I'm I'm not going to really engage too much in the specifics about transgender people. I just don't think that that I really don't think that your audience wants to learn about transgender people. Uh, I don't really think that they're open to changing their mind about that at all. I think what they want to hear is what already confirms uh, is what confirms what they already believe about male and female and and anything else is just going to get dismissed but what i do want to say 
is that yeah, I think you've painted yourself into a bit of a corner here publicly. Because you read from that article where the author says that feelings don't determine truth, right? Mm -hmm. And you've been going on and on and on about biological realities and about the empirical evidence uh, that's available to everybody and scientific facts uh, determining the reality of the situation. And that if transgender uh, people and activists are not uh, grounding their arguments or their, their perspective, their point of view, in those facts about the real world, uh, then their position doesn't make sense, it's not coherent, and it's, it's, it's definitely not in agreement with reality. And you know what? I'm 100% behind that. I'm 100% behind the perspective that you need to ground your beliefs in the available evidence from reality and that your, your, you should, you should, uh, uh, your belief should correspond to what you learn about the real world through science. But I think that that applies to you, too. And that's where I think you're displaying a gigantic double standard. When you say your beliefs can be grounded in a presupposition, you can just say that you believe it because you believe it, and then uh, uh, claim that you know what's true. But why can't people then who are transgender claim that they know the reality of their own situation by way of a presupposition? Why, aren't, why do they have to be held to the standard of empirical evidence as the ground and the foundation for their point of view before you'll take it seriously, but you don't have to ground your beliefs in anything other than a presupposition before other people have to take seriously what you believe? Why, why the double standard? Okay. So if you were listening to the article, you would have heard me upon coming. I heard the, I heard the whole thing. Well, then just the listen. The Brandon, the show. Then Brandon, just listen. Because I'll let you speak. And you would have heard me when I ran across the author's discourse on that particular principle of alternative metaphysical positions versus the concrete, biological, chromosomal, uh, physiological, genital, uh, genitalia argument. You would have heard me say, yes, we need to make sure that we hold the same standard when it comes to our uh, setting for propositional truth on a metaphysical level concerning Christianity, because he challenged the Muslim to do it. He challenged the Christian to do it. And I did not swear. Well, stop. 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 See, you're jumping ahead. So you're jumping ahead. Jump back. Come back with me. Come on. Come on back. All All right. We're dealing with different categories. The transgender community is pointing to their bodies. We're not talking as if we're dealing with a, compu- a, 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 a absolutely total metaphysical uh, set of worldviews. With religion, we're dealing with metaphysical uh, presuppositions as the framework for what exists. That allows a whole lot more room for philosophical arguments and philosophical debates relative to uh, what are the evidences that can either uh, totally refute or uh, totally affirm or partially refute or partially affirm. That's a total different category. And, and And I recognize that. And that's why I could say, while on the one hand, what the transgender community is doing will fall in a category of alternative metaphysical ideas. What they don't get to do is say that you have to actually ignore the biological, 
the physiological, the social history that has operated out of the biological, the concrete, evidential, uh, empirical evidence all the way up to this present time. And now just uh, accept that what we're saying is reality. We can't just do it like that. We have to have the conversation at length to expose where the inconsistencies are as they are pointing to their bodies. The author was talking about the contradiction in relationship to the body, how it's inextricable. They, they have no ability to um, not do anything be, but be contrary to the evidence. And when we argue that it's important for us to be able to deal with the concrete evidence relative to the issue of gender or sex, which for those of us who are traditionalists, they are both in the same. And the pragmatic outcome of sticking with a biological, physical, uh, empirical evidence is coherence, is clarity, is consistency. That once we launch into the alternative metaphysical, this is what I feel like world, you create a undoable clash of ideas that are impractical, uh, both for the, the transgender community, as well as for the community that believes in the fixed binary gender society that we believe is rooted in history and rooted in Bible. That's what the, the author is arguing, and that's what we're arguing as well. I'm not saying that people can't say what they are. I'm saying that, be honest, all you're talking about is a feeling here, because you cannot— well, Okay, uh, I mean, maybe. We don't, we don't have all of the facts. Like, that's why it's an open area of study, and that's why science is applicable to both the, the experience, the lived experience of being transgender, and also maybe some of the underlying biological— uh, uh, realities that underpin the experience. That, now, that, what that, you would have to do for me with that personal experience. Now, what you would have to do with me for that, Brandon, I am open to the fact that we can learn more in terms of this particular ex community's expression. I'm open to the fact that we can learn more using the tools that that community has available to them, as we all do, because I'm part of that community in that we are all coming up out of the matrix of real human existence on a biological level. However, what I'm saying to you is that right now, as they are using laws and using legislation to force punitive consequences upon people who don't want to buy into this new paradigm of identity because it so contradicts what we hold to as normative, coherent, and absolutely necessary, including the biological and evidential and empirical evidences that we already have to frame our per perception presently that they don't have enough evidence to tell us that they are talking reality. They are really only talking feelings. The present reality is still so overwhelmingly contradicting it that they don't get to exercise that kind of authority over us. They just don't. Now, they can have their space, but they don't get to exercise the authority of changing language and terms and ideas because they don't have enough evidence for that. I wish they would slow their role. I wish they would be much more careful about trying to push their agenda to tell us that we're dealing with reality because we are not at present dealing with reality. I wish they would. And I'm looking forward to the conversation down the line. I don't think that that's what they're, I don't think that's what they're doing. I think that trans people are just fighting for their own, uh, you know, uh, their own rights, their own uh, dignity and self-respect. They're doing it the wrong way. I agree, okay, so but they're doing it the wrong way. Okay, that's, that's, that's your opinion, but that's also not the point I want to make. However, I want to make okay, you got to do that. that and you got to do it in 30, Brandon, I'm sorry, the time. I'll you got to do, do it quickly. Oh, oh. I'll do it quickly. All right, thank you. I'll do it quickly. Okay. You are demonstrating a 
a severe double standard. Nope. You are saying you yes, said that earlier, and we'll have to take that up next time. Point. Okay. Let me finish my point. You you are demanding of a group of people that they supply uh, empirical evidence to support their claims as the as the foundation for what they believe before you'll take them seriously. And then every time I confront you with evidence that definitely shows not only that you don't have the support that you think you do for your your religious beliefs, but that the evidence directly goes against those beliefs, you dismiss it and then say you don't need evidence. Looking forward to talking to you in the future. These are called category conflicts. Brand is not admitting that. Category distinctions. Bless y'all. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.